over the next few weeks is just going over some of the basics of what it is really to be a Christian. And uh, I feel really, really excited about this. You guys do all of this so well. You're a real inspiration, and you're naturally very good at this. But I wanted just really to remind us of a few very simple things. And uh, if we are to um, grow in our discipleship, the first thing is this. Are you ready? The first thing is this. We need to be people who uh, decide to follow Jesus and keep following Jesus. We need to be people who decide to follow Jesus and keep following Jesus. Now, I don't know whether you've got any children. Uh, I have three. Uh, they're a bit old now, but I remember when they were toddlers, one day, uh, one of them was, uh, he, he couldn't really speak, and uh, he, he just was going, and I'm thinking, what is that? And so I'm just, what is that? And I just see this little cat. And so we follow this cat. And sometimes we can see it. Sometimes we can't see it. And we're just following this cat. Has anyone done that with a sort of toddler who gets obsessed with these things? So we've, we've, I was going to say we've all done it. <laughs> Most of us have done that. And I want to just, it's a great picture of what it is to be a Christian, to be someone who follows the cat, who follows uh, Jesus. And if you're not convinced about this, some of you are looking very... Um, skeptical at my Siamese analogy, but basically um, here's a few things just to be reminded of. Think of Simon and Andrew and when, when they were called at the beginning of Mark's gospel. This is uh, Mark 1 uh, verse 16. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me. Jesus said, I'll send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Or think of the call of James. This is later on, uh, just a few verses later. When he'd gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Or think of Levi at the beginning of chapter 2 of Mark's gospel. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him. And he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. Uh, we're called to uh, follow Jesus. Jesus says to Simon, follow me. And to all of us, follow me. To everyone here, follow me. Just follow me. This is what it is. This is the heart of discipleship. I want you to follow me. Jens, I want you to follow me. I want you to follow. <laughs> I want you to follow me. This is the heart of uh, discipleship. So um, that's a very simple point, but it's very important because we often lose the cat. If you get my meaning, if you're still with me, we lose the cat. We stop following. But actually, if we're going to follow Christ, we need to keep following Jesus and just keep committing to following Him. Who are you following? Um, often we follow people on Twitter, don't we? Guess how many people follow me on Twitter? That's, no, it's actually five. World famous in Guildford. Um, but, you know, we follow all sorts of things. We follow fashions. We follow, are we people who are following Jesus? Uh, and we mustn't fall into the trap of telling him to follow us. 
Come on, Jesus, just follow me. This is what I'm doing. Bless me. Uh, I'll pray for this deal. And uh, just come on, bless me. Come on, keep up. Keep up, Jesus. Uh, this is what I'm doing. Come on, just come on, keep up. We, we mustn't be like that. We're people who follow the cat. And it's this wild adventure following the cat. Take you into all sorts of places. You'll meet all sorts of people. And you'll have this real adventure if you keep it real and follow him in a real, open, obedient, joyful way. It's this extraordinary privilege. That's the first thing. Second thing is this. If you're going to be an authentic Christian, you need to be willing to become an apprentice and keep apprenticing. You need to be willing to become an apprentice and keep apprenticing. Now, I need to unpack this a little bit, so bear with me. But we are called to follow, but we're, more, we're called to more than just follow. We're also called to become disciples, to follow and become disciples. So Mark uh, chapter 8, verses 34 to uh, whatever it is, 37. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple, there's the call to discipleship, must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? And what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Now, there's a call to follow and become a disciple. And uh, this is important. The Hebrew word for disciple is Talmudin. And uh, we often translate this. You've probably heard uh, this translated as student or learner. We become learners. We become uh, students of Jesus. Actually, recent scholarship is suggesting a better uh, uh, interpretation, understanding of this, is to become an apprentice. And uh, Basically, an apprentice is a person who's learning a trade from someone who's skilled, more skilled than they are. That's what apprenticeship is. And we're called to actually become apprentices of Jesus Christ. And uh, this is a great honor. And I don't know whether you've had any apprentices. Um, I've had quite a few in my life. You might not think you have. Can anyone here drive? Have you got your license? Well, you've had an apprenticeship of sorts. You've paid uh, someone who's more skilled than you to teach you to drive. I remember that when I was 17, and it was a sort of slightly frightening experience because my family has a history of bad experiences of learning to drive. For example, my mum in her driving test, the instructor just left the car and ran off because uh, she was so bad. So I started Steve, my driving instructor. He taught me how to drive. He used to, this is back in the day, the windows were up, he used to chain smoke. You couldn't really see. You couldn't really see the road, forget about anything else, but you could nice passive smoking at the time. And um, that was him. Uh, when I was a lawyer, uh, I was an apprentice for two years. I had an apprentice. It was called a training uh, contract. And I remember turning up on the first day. I mean, it was, I needed help, you know. Uh, I, I, I couldn't even find the office on the first day. So I turned up. I was running around for 9.30 with Liv. I thought it was that one. It's not. It must be this one. And I turned up, you know, sweating and just sort of really hassled. You know what it's like? But trying to look calm. And I had these brand new black shoes, and I was sort of limping because of blisters. <laughs> and um, it was an absolute nightmare. But it was an apprentice, you know. And then um, when you when you um, when you get accepted into ordination in the Church of England, you sign up for an apprenticeship for three or four years. Someone trains you how to basically uh, do your job. So. 
We're called to apprentice. This is the heart of discipleship. And what's fascinating is if you read the New Testament, the word Christian only appears three times. And it's always in a derogatory sense. The word disciple appears 268 times and is the prime description of a follower of Jesus, an apprentice, a disciple. So this lies at the heart of what we're called to be. And it's important that we get our heads around this and think, uh, apprentice, okay, I'm an apprentice, I'm a follower, and I'm apprenticing, I'm learning. Jesus is uh, going to teach me things. Okay, so who's going to apprentice you? Well, in the uh, ancient Near East, the main apprentices of the day were the rabbis. They were teachers, and basically what they wanted to do was teach you to do three things. Uh, They would basically, before I tell you the three, they would go around the place and they would select people. Dave, okay, you'll do. They were very fussy and picky with who they would get to follow them, and they were highly selective. And uh, they, they had their interpretation of the Old Testament law, the Torah. They, they called it their yoke. Each rabbi had a yoke. Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And so they had uh, different yokes, and they would pick people. And it was, very, it was a real honor and privilege to be picked. And, uh, of course, Jesus, uh, we often think of him as the Messiah, the Son of God, uh, the Anointed One, the King. Actually, we forget Jesus is a teacher. He was a rabbi. And uh, so uh, he basically uh, also wanted to uh, be a rabbi and was a rabbi. And rabbis basically wanted you to do three things. Are you ready? Number one, there should be a slide. To be with your rabbi, to become like your rabbi, and to do what your rabbi does. That was the sense of what it was to be discipled by one of them. And so Jesus, our rabbi, basically wants us to be with him, to become like him, and to do what he did. That's what discipleship, apprenticeship is all about. To be with him, to become like him, and to do what he did. And what I want to do is just spend a little bit of time just looking at these three things. Is that okay? Okay. So the first thing is uh, we've got to learn. He wants us to learn as apprentices to be with him. Not do anything, not rush off, not go and do this or X or Y, but just to be with him. When Jesus appointed the 12 disciples, uh, what he he did, you read this in Mark 3, he says, that they might be with me. So discipleship starts with being with Jesus. And uh, it's kind of um, like this, you know, we're just with Jesus. And where we go, we connect with him. And we're with him whether we're in here or in a life group or in a pod group or at work or at the cinema or uh, whatever it may be, we're with Jesus and we, we learn how to do life with him, being with him, abiding and um, practicing the presence of God. We're going to be speaking about this uh, over the next weeks. Just remind us on what this involves. And Jesus models a life of really being with his disciples. It's amazing. He doesn't say, hey, guys, Let's uh, meet next Tuesday night for an hour and a half. He actually says, I'm going to do life with you. I'm going to come and live with you. There's 12 of us. We're doing life. We're doing this thing together. I'll get to know your family, your, mother is, your mother-in-law, your brothers. Uh, we're going to just do this life together because I want to be with you. So that's being uh, with you. And we're going to look at that over the next few weeks. Secondly, we're called, well, he wants us to become like him. 
Now, what's interesting is, you know, uh, Jesus said to the disciples, you know, when he called them, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And it's not like a che- this wasn't a cheesy sort of joke, like you're fishermen, I'll make you fishers of men, boom, boom. Actually, fishers of men was a, a popular idiom of the day, and it, it meant uh, uh, they were to become amazing teachers. The best rabbis of Jesus' day were called fishers of men, and they were like the rock stars of the day. So what Jesus is saying is, I'm going to actually invest my life in you, and uh, I'm going to teach you, and you're going to become like me, and you're going to actually teach other people, is this sense. So uh, he wants us to become like him, and uh, we're going to think about this over the next few weeks, but it's ultimately about our character changing and uh, being sanctified by God. It's not like a striving, straining thing, but it's actually the work of the Spirit in our lives, changing us and transforming us. Okay, let's pause. Why not tell the person next to you, if there is someone, if not, speak to yourself. What, has Jesus transformed you at all since you came to faith? And if he has, in what way? Just identify one thing. Yeah? Do you understand that? One way in which Jesus, or you become like Jesus since you've come to faith, yeah? And if you're not a person of faith here tonight, please don't feel embarrassed. Just make something up, like, you know, um, I don't know. I can dance now like a crazy horse or something like that. I don't know. Okay. So hands up if you felt Jesus has transformed you in any way, a specific way since you came to faith. Do you see what I mean? So look around the room. So this isn't just theory. This is amazing that actually we're transformed. We become more like him. Uh, I'm more like Christ than I was uh, 20 years ago. I'm still struggling. I've got to be honest. But, uh, you know, one thing that Jesus has done, I've become far more joyful in the last 12 months. And uh, that's something uh, uh, he's just imparted to me. And uh, that would be a a real story from my own life. Okay, a true story. Um, So notice that at the heart of this apprenticeship is not just being with Jesus, but becoming like him. And so imitation really is part of what we've signed up to as we follow him. We imitate. He wants us to imitate him. And this is quite countercultural in our snowflake generation of actually it's all about me and me being different. And actually, we're seeking to imitate, become like Jesus Christ. Okay, then the third thing we're moving on is we do what Jesus does. That's what he wants us to do. Be with him. That's the heart. That's the fire. That's the engine. Become like him. Uh, that's where we get credibility and transformation. And then we, what, uh, he wants us to do what he does. He says, actually, you know, you'll even, you'll even do greater things than me. Uh, so that's quite sobering. So uh, what did he do? Now, here's a list that someone called John Mark Comer put together. Hopefully, there's a long list coming out. John Mark Comer, I'll just say it. Here we go. Uh, Preaching the gospel, teaching the way, healing the sick, casting out demons, eating and drinking with people far from God, 
standing up against political and religious corruption, doing justice, peacemaking, praying, prophesying. I'm sure the list could go on. But he wants us to just do these things as just normal things. This is kind of what it is, uh, that we just become like him and we do what he did. Jesus sent, sent his disciples out, didn't he? So there's a list. I'm sure it's not exhaustive. But basically, um, he wants us to do what he does, and he trains us to do that. And um, actually, he trained the disciples what to do. And he sort of used this model. You might not be able to read this next slide, but I think this is worth thinking about. I'm going to read it to you. It's five stages. Stage one, I do, you watch, we talk. Stage two, I do, you help, we talk. Stage three, you do, I help, we talk. Stage four, you do, I watch, we talk. Stage five, you do, someone else watches. So do you get that sort of um, modeling, training, five-stage things? You're looking thoroughly confused. Does that make any sense to anyone? But what do you notice about that? It's quite an involved training process when you look at it. And uh, actually, uh, this is what... Uh, Jesus models with his disciples. And I think this probably raises um, a few questions. You know, we need people to show us how to do what Jesus did. Question one is, uh, do you feel you've had those sorts of people showing you uh, in your life how to do what Jesus did? And question two, hands up if you feel really like you're an expert in the way of Jesus and the things he does. Oh, that was a little, I think that was a scratch, sorry. <laughs> that's no one, right? And that's normal, that's normal, but here's the thing, and this is what I really feel quite heavily tonight. None of us ever feel like we've got anything. None of us feel like we've got any expertise. I certainly don't. But you have hands full of experience and gifting and uh, stuff that you can give away to other people. You know, you, you have no idea. This isn't the pep talk bit. Let's go American, do a pep talk. This is actually true. You are very, very gifted. You have huge amounts of experience, and you've got to give it away. You've got to give it away. And you've got to do a Jesus, and you've got to uh, let people uh, watch you do stuff. You've got to then get you, uh, people to help you and talk about it. You've then got to do it and uh, let them do it. You help, and then uh, uh, they do it. You watch, and then they can then do it to someone else. Because actually, we've got to give away what we have. Because actually, if you don't give away what you have, guess what? You can only carry so much. And uh, actually... When you give away, you get this stream of stuff and experience coming through you. Does that make sense? So it's really, really important that we actually give away what we have. No matter all of us feeling really, really uh, inadequate, not experienced, not wise, not equipped. Uh, you, know, you know what apprentices, the, 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 the key thing they have? What's the key quality? They just say yes humility part of it but they just say yes Lord okay I don't feel I've got much but I'm just going to give what I have away and uh, I want to just encourage us all in these next weeks we're just going to be thinking about this because you are carrying riches 
You don't feel like it, but you are. And you've got to give them away to other people. It's so important. Otherwise, you'll get constipated in the things of God and you won't receive more and it'll just be slightly painful. And it can be a bit painful being a Christian, can't it? Because often we're not just giving stuff out, giving stuff away. Okay, so what was the first thing I said Christians do? Oh, well, this is going well, isn't it? My giving away is going well. Follow and keep following. The second thing was become an apprentice and keep apprenticing. And this is the third thing I'm going to end on. Are you ready for this? Uh, You've got to practice and keep practicing. You've got to practice and keep practicing. Now, I wanted to learn the piano. It's been something I've wanted to do for ages. I've got this burning desire just to play the piano. And um, basically, so I get this piano. It's nothing like this puppy. But um, anyway, I buy this piano. I don't buy it. I get this piano. And then I get a piano tuner. Um, Not a fish. Um, uh, That was a bad joke. Um, Anyway, this guy turns up. He tunes his piano. I say, what's it like? He said, this is a pile of chunk. Where'd you get that from? And I said, oh, thanks. No, you know. And then I said to David Marrett, if you know David Marrett, I said, look, I really want to play the piano. I've just, I ordered this book online, a DVD. I'm quite bookish, so I got the DVD. And it's... And I said to David Marriott, I said, David, how long is it going to take me if I practice every day just to become, like, vaguely good? He said, to be honest, Mike, it will take you 10 years. I said, 10 years? I thought, forget it. Threw the, threw the book away. I haven't played the, haven't played the piano uh, since. My kids sometimes play it. But I just thought, I can't be, I can't be bothered. Ten years, are you kidding me? What do you think I am? You know. <laughs> but if you're going to be uh, an apprentice of Jesus, if you're going to really get this, you've got to just keep practicing. You've got to just, just keep practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing. And I mean that because if you're feeling, yikes, I don't know this, I haven't got that. Basically, you have to just practice. And just that's the deal. Just keep trying. You just keep trying. I made a complete idiot of myself trying to um, encourage someone last week. And uh, I just thought, oh, that's so embarrassing. But I'm just going to keep trying. I'm not going to get stopped by, by the awkwardness of trying to do this stuff. Now, I want to just give you a little uh, inch, uh, first century view of what it was to become uh, a rabbi. Now, if you wanted to become a rabbi, this is in the practicing theme. This is what you had to do. You had to, first of all, do the house of the book. This was a Jewish boy if you wanted to become a rabbi, okay? So this is, you'd be about 12, and uh, basically what you'd have to do... This is the thing, is you would have to learn the Pentateuch off by heart. That's that bit of the Bible, okay? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Off by heart. That was the first thing. So it takes a bit of practice, right? Yeah? A bit of commitment to get through that. Now, uh, if you wanted to carry on, you could. If you were good, you'd then do the House of Learning, the Bet Talmud. You'd do this between the age of 12 and 14, okay? And then what you'd do is you'd basically do this. Just you would have to then learn off by heart this. 
the rest of the Old Testament. 12 to 14. It takes a bit of practice, doesn't it? Now, if you then got through that, basically, uh, you would then do the, um, uh, this thing called the Bet Midrash, which was the house of study. That often took you about 15 years, 14 to about 30 years old. And you would just practice, you would study, you would uh, look at the Torah, you'd have various uh, exercises that you would do with your um, rabbi. And then maybe around the age of 30, Jesus would have done this, around the age of 30, you would then get to be a rabbi. Now the point isn't to depress us all, the point is to say, actually, you know, this is a fun, you know, they went for it, and uh, they just practiced and it was an oral tradition, so this, everyone had amazing memories. If you, if you, if you understand the culture of the day, um, there's no right, r- stuff, very little written down. Uh, there's not sort of mass printing, so, so it's the oral tradition. So what I'm trying to say to you is um, you've got to sort of practice and keep practicing and be persistent if you're going to follow Christ. Be an apprentice and be a follower and not let anything stop you. Because, um, I don't know, uh, we, often, we often for some strange reason think, um, I don't know, like when I studied to be a lawyer, I never thought, I'm just going to be a lawyer and I'll be amazing. I won't do a degree. <laughs> I'm not going to do any training or apprenticeship. I'm just going to turn up and be a lawyer. And have... But no, we don't. Uh, we have to train, we have to sort of work things through. It's just slightly the same as if we're going to grow spiritually. This isn't a strivey thing. It's just a, actually, let's just keep practicing. Let's keep focused. And this series is about the practicing the way of Jesus is this sense over the next weeks. So we're going to just learn how we, what, practice, what practices, what uh, disciplines, what um, approaches can we put in our life that will help us to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. And that is the plan for the next few weeks. Now, are you feeling inspired? Are you feeling depressed? Are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you feeling like a juggernaut's just hit you? What are you feeling? Barney's feeling good. That's good. Give away what you have, yeah? Give away what you have. Hands up if you think you're an expert. Hands up if you think you've got gold through your life, through your experiences, that you've got to give away. Come on, it's everyone, it's everyone. You never feel like it, but everyone. You've got to give this stuff away. You've just got to give it away. So what we're going to do, we're going to worship, and then um, we're going to have the opportunity for people to be prayed for tonight. And... um, Yeah, we're going to seek to just encourage people tonight with some prayer as we close. Does that sound like a good plan? Great. Let's stand together.